be real about this. How you feel about your fellow man says a lot about the condition of your heart. Because if you love God the way you say you do, it's impossible to hate your brother. As you know, we've been in a uh, series. This is a uh, part two of the series entitled uh, Our First Love. And this is part number two of that series. So if you haven't heard part one, you can go back and uh, check the media and make sure that you hear it. You need to get it in you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's go back to uh, Revelation, the second chapter, Revelation two. We're going to read verses one through five. Actually, we're going to read verses one through five. And uh, you can read the entire book of Revelation when you get home or the entire second chapter. But we're going to just glean from uh, verses one through five. And then we're going to go further. Is that fair? All right. So let's go ahead and read. Now, this is on the King James Version. And it says this unto the church, rather unto the angel of the church of, of Ephesus. Right. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou uh, canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience uh, for and for thy and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Verse four. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Verse five. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent all right so again we're speaking from the subject of our first love this is so very important that you understand what the lord is saying here so in verse number four he says you have left your first love now we understand the word uh first here is the greek word uh protos protos and the word love here is agape and uh, first love or protos agape talks about the foundation, the very first part. And who wants to build a house without a foundation? You need some sort of slab, some sort of rock or something on the bottom of it because we know the winds will come and the rains will come and the floods will come and hit the house. And the house is going to fall unless it's on a good, stable foundation. The very first foundation of your relationship with Christ Jesus was that of love. The father says here, the Lord says here in verse number five, again, he says, remember from where, uh, remember from, uh, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Fallen talks about being in a backslidden condition. You have backslided, backslided. So again, here is a church 
that they have all these great works and Jesus commends them. He said, hey, I seen what you're doing. I know your works. You guys are doing a great job. You're working really hard for me. You have had patience and you, you even found out when people said they're apostles and they're not. You, you're doing a lot of good stuff, but you don't love me like you used to. Remember, we looked at that even in the, in the um, New Living Translation. It says, you don't love me or others like you used to. You have left the foundation of love. So it's possible to do the work of Christ. It's possible to come to church uh, and be in Bible studies. It's possible to help people cross the street or whatever good works you want to do. In the name of the Lord, we can uh, feed the homeless. We can do the food bank. We can do all this stuff and still have fallen out of love with Jesus. It's possible for you to live a good moral life. And have fallen out of love with him. It becomes mechanical. When your love becomes, or when your service to God becomes ritualistic or mechanical, then you've fallen out of love with him. When serving the Lord seems more burdensome, when it seems more worrisome, and it's, oh, I got to go to church again. Oh, I got to read my Bible again. Oh, when it, when it becomes laborious, you've fallen out of love with Jesus. And, for the, and to fall out of love with Jesus, the Lord said, you have fallen. You have backslidden. And he says, remember from where you are fallen and repent. Repent because something is bad wrong. And we talked about uh, on last time that we hear uh, loveless relationships, loveless relationships. When when uh, when the husband and a wife or those in a relationship and and they've been together in a while. I mean, for a while, they, you know, they may sleep in the same bed or they may be in the same house. The eggs are still cooked the, the same way. And, you know, and they may exchange pleasant greetings in the morning. But if there is no love there, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. You can do the same works, but if love is not there, the relationship has fallen. So Jesus says, yes, I've seen your works. Yes, good boy, boy, high five on you. You've been doing good stuff for me, but you have forgotten me. And this is what we're talking about. This is what the Lord is saying. This is the danger that many in this end time church are in, in bad danger, because you can do a lot of stuff for him and not know him. And this is how this is how the Lord wants to guard our souls. He's trying to keep us intact because Jesus is soon to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I'm telling you, as a man of God, Jesus is soon to come. Are you ready? Are you ready to stand before the Lord? Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, it's not your works. It's not your works that he's looking for. But here in this context, it's your heart. It's your heart. Do you love him? Do you love him? 
So he says, remember from where you are falling, you have backslidden. You don't love me like you used to. You don't love the others like you used to, like you did at first. He said, remember, he said, you have lost, you have left your first love. Now, our first, our first thought would be, oh, my God, I've, I've lost uh, or, or I have left my first love. I have, I have fallen. Oh, Jesus, uh, please forgive me, Lord. I didn't, I didn't mean to, to put other people in front of you. Uh, I, I want to do better. Yes, yes, Lord, I'm going to do better. Here are our first thoughts. Uh, I'm going to do better. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to come to church more. I, I, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to make sure I do it, Jesus. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to, you know what, Lord? I'm going to make myself love you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now, although your heart, your intentions may be good, what we just said is all wrong. Who wants to be in a relationship with somebody that says, you know what? I'm going to make myself love you. I'm going to make myself spend time with you. You know what? You know, I'm going to make, uh, don't worry, I'm going to make myself love you. I don't love you now, but I'm going to make myself. Who wants to be in a relationship like that? Can you see a husband telling his wife or a wife telling the husband, I'm going to make myself love you? There's something very wrong with that statement. Now, I want you to see something because that's what many of us think and that's what many of us do. We try to force ourselves to love the Lord, force ourselves to read the Bible, force ourselves to pray, force ourselves to come to church. Oh, we got to force it. I'm going to make myself do it. Something is wrong. Are you understanding? Something is wrong. We got to stop the madness. That's not what he's saying here. Listen, our love for God or, our, or we can say our love for Christ must never be manufactured. It must never start from you. As a matter of fact, true love from God or true love for God, true love for Christ starts with him. It all starts with him. So therefore, and I'll show you this in scripture, our love for him is reciprocal. That means we simply give back that that he's given unto us. Human love is stinking. Can I say that again? Human love stinks because human love can love you in the morning and really hate you in the evening. Human love. Human love can be fickle. It can be fickle. And God says that human love is imperfect, but it is God's love that is perfect. God's love is complete. God's love is mature. And it is, it is this love that he shares with you and he shares with me. And he says, get, he says, I'll give you my love. Now give that back to me. I'll give you my love. Now share my love with others. Now, I want you to hear this general principle. The general principle is this. The more you receive the love of God, the more you'll actually give the love of God. The more you receive his love, the more you'll give his love. And then the more you give his love, the more you'll receive his love. Because God's love is infinite. 
It will never fail, as the Bible declares there in, uh, I believe, 1 Corinthians 13 chapter. Love never fails. It never runs out. God's love will never, never grow dry. It is always plenteous. God's love in your heart. But you cannot truly love God without his love. It is his love that he purposes to circulate in and through your life. You must first receive his love for you. Then you can give that love back to him. And also, let me say, back to him and to yourself and to your fellow man. If you're having problems loving others, it's because you have left your first love. Your love tank has run dry. You are no longer receiving his love for you. God's love, the love of God that you have for him started with him. Let me show you one verse and then I'm going to show you the context. Let's go to 1 John, the fourth chapter, 1 John 4, 1 John 4. And let me just read down. We're going to start at verse 16 and go through um, 21. And it says this, verse 16 says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love uh, casts out fear. Because fear have torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now look at verse 19. Verse 19 says, we love him because what? Because he loved, because he first loved us. We love God because he first loved us. So for Jesus to say, you have left me, you have left the foundation of love you have you have left your first love that means that you have stopped receiving the love of God in your life and this is why things are difficult this is why things are hard this is why folk get on your last nerve I can't get no talk up in here this is why you can't stand to be around some people is because you have stopped receiving the love of God. The love of God, when it is full, complete, and mature in your heart, can put up with the most arrogant egghead. It can put up with just the most evil person because God sees them through the eyes of love, through the lenses of Christ. And if your love tank is empty, if your love tank is running dry and you see people and you turn, oh my God, and you're angry with them, you're hostile and you're bitter with them, it's because you have no longer received his love. He says, remember from where you are fallen because listen, you can do the work of Christ and still hate folk guts. Yes, you can. And if we would be really real concerning this, if we would be real about this, how you feel about your fellow man says a lot about the condition of your heart. 
Because if you love God the way you say you do, it's impossible to hate your brother. So we need to really examine ourselves. Where have we stopped receiving the love of God? Where have we stopped receiving his love? When did we stop receiving his love? Jesus said, remember from where you are fallen. Remember from where you have backslidden. Somewhere along the way, you stop loving me. You stop giving to me. You stop spending time with me. You stop thinking about me. What has crowded your thoughts? What has gotten in? What have you stopped doing? Somehow, some way, you stop receiving my love. It says, remember from where you are fallen and repent. Turn back to me. So again, it's impossible to truly love God without receiving his love first because the bible says plainly here again in verse 19 we love him because he first loved us so somewhere something got cut off how did you love god at the first let's start there for a moment then we get into the context how did you love god at the first Remember, we said before, when Jesus says, you know, you've left me, you've, and he's, you, he said, you have left your first love. He said, repent, and, and our first thought is, I got to do more. First thought is, or right, I've left my first love. I, I've got to pray more. I've got to study more. Uh, you know, I've, I've got to do it. I got to put Jesus first. I got, I got to, got to. And we get into this whole works thing. We get into this whole do this and do that. I've got to do this and do it. But how did you first fall in love with Jesus you heard the gospel and you believed you heard what he said that he loved you apart from your actions that he loved you apart from your sins you heard that he has this great love and doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been, that he will accept you and he'll call you back home and that he wraps his arms around you, that he wraps his arms around the sinner and makes him godly, makes them godly, that he loves you just as you are. But somewhere along the way, we began to think, no, he can't love me like that. I've done too much wrong. So here's what I'll do. I'll begin to do stuff for the Lord. And you get so busy trying to do stuff for him that you have forgotten about him. At the beginning, it wasn't about you forcing yourself to love Jesus. You heard about his great love. And you fell in love with him. It's easy to love somebody that's madly in love with you. It's easy to love someone that is madly in love with you. Someone that is showing compassion and, and kindness towards you. And love, and love is a servant. Love always wants to serve. Jesus said, I've come not to be served, but to serve and give my life a ransom for many. It's, it's easy to love someone that says, you know what? I will die for you. I love you so much. I'll give my life for you. And mean it. 
and did it. And you heard the gospel preached. You believed in Jesus and you received his love. Then somewhere we stopped receiving his love because we began to do the work. And now you're so busy doing the work that you've left the very foundation. What is the foundation? What is the first work? What is the first love? When you believe the love that he has towards you. When you believe when you begin to know it or you begin to experience it. To know means to experience. When you experience his love and you believe it or you trust in it. You trust that he's going to keep you from falling. The first work is to, is to believe it. Believe it. Yes, he said, but, but I just sinned last night and, and I, I'm in something bad right now. You mean God still loves me? Yes. Yes. Yes, he does. And not just a little bit either. He loves you with a passionate love, a passionate love. Now, does he love the sin in your life? No, no more, no more than a parent would, would love the cancer in a child. He hates the sin. He hates the cancer, but he loves you. And daily he desires to wrap his arms around you because God knows that you're hurting on the inside and you cry many nights when nobody's looking. And you think that nobody understands you. You think that no one understands the pain and aggravation that you go through. And you think that you're all alone in this. But Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The one who loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you, sits right by you. He said, I know your works. I was there with you when you did it. But you work and work and work so much for me, for me, that you don't know me anymore. Are you hearing? Church, are you hearing? The first work is to believe his love. To know, rather, to know his love. The first work is to know his love. And to know means to experience. Experience his love. How, when was the last time you experienced the love of God? Have you ever experienced his love? Go after his love. Experience him and know him. Know his love. And once you've known his love then you can trust in his love. Once you know it, you can trust in it. I, have, I know about this podium here. I know about this podium. This thing is made of steel. It is very heavy and very hard. I know it and I have experienced it. I have even hit my head on it and I know that it hurts. Yes, and because I have that experience with this, I am confident putting expensive electronics on it and know that it won't fall off. I can trust in it. And this is what the Father wants with us. He wants us not only to know his love, but he wants us to trust in his love. When you trust in his love, you become invincible. 
Fear is run completely out because you know that he's with you when you know and trust in him. When you know and trust in his love, condemnation, the fear of condemnation, the fear of judgment. Oh, God's mad at me. God's punishing me. This has come upon me because I've done something wrong. All of those are statements by people who don't know the love of God, who have never experienced the love of God. When you know somebody really loves you, I mean, really loves you because the father loves you so much that he's even even numbered every hair on your head. He desires to be with you. He, in so many words, he bankrupt heaven. He made himself a body, a human body, and fit, and fit all of what he is inside of a body and was born of a virgin, walked among mankind, showing and demonstrating his great love for everyone, dying upon a cross, letting people spit on him and, and mock him and, and beat him and whip him and pull out pull out his beard and plant a crown of thorns in his head and put a spear through him as he hung him across and go into hell for you. Now, a lot of people say they love you, but how many are willing to go to hell for you? He went to hell for you. Not went through hell, he went to hell for you. For you, you are the most expensive creation ever in existence. That God would dare to do this. The Bible says, what is man that you are mindful of him, that you're thinking about him? What in the world is man? The angels are baffled. Who are these beings that you've created that you would do that? Allow people to do that to you. Don't you ever doubt God's love for you. All, these, all the Lord's ever got to do really is just show you his handprints. He has shed his blood for you. But for someone to say, God is punishing me and God's mad at me. I'm going through this because he's after me. God has cursed me. All these are statements made by individuals that have never experienced, never known, never experienced the love of God. And once you know his love and experience his love, then you can trust in his love. And when you can trust in his love, fear goes out of the door. You're no longer afraid of torment, no longer afraid of judgment. You're no longer afraid. Fear has to leave. It is cast out because you know the one who loves you, the all-powerful, magnificent God is with you and his arms are wrapped around you and you know he's got you. You don't have to fear judgment. When the day of judgment comes, you don't have to fear it even now. When you know that he loves you. Look at this in scripture, because I've been just reading scripture to you, by the way. First John, once again, verse number four says, and we have known and believed. 
said the love that God hath to us, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Now let me show you something. Uh, let's, let's go a little bit deeper into the word. The Bible declares here that God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwells in God and God in him. Say with me, I dwell in love and love dwells in me. I dwell in love and love dwells in me. You're reading the Bible. You're preaching right now. You're prophesying right now. Listen, the Bible says God is love and he that dwelleth. Now the word dwelleth there means to abide. It means to remain. It means to stay. Now, I love this definition. It means to continue to be present. To continue to be present. Dwelling in love is a conscious choice. It is not automatic. It's not something that God does to you. And now you dwell in love. No. That's what a lot of people believe. Dwelling, you choosing to dwell in love is a conscious action. Folk are going to do things. They're going to rub you the wrong way. They're going to hurt you. And some may even try to abuse you. But you have to choose to remain in love. You have to make that choice. Father, I choose to love. I choose to love. And the scripture says, every time you make that choice, God is in you. The very power, the very presence of the creator himself walks and moves in you. Every time you make the choice, I will love you. You have got on my last nerve, but you know what? I'm going to love you with the love of Jesus because that's what my father wants me to do. And I will release you. I will love you past your sin because that's what my father has done for me. Hallelujah. My father looks past my sin and he says, he sees me. He sees me through the sacrifice of Christ, and I will see you through the sacrifice of Christ. He sees me through the blood of Jesus, and I am perfect in his sight, and I choose to see you through the blood of Jesus, and you are now perfect in my sight. I choose to dwell in love. And the Bible says he who dwells in love, God is dwelling in you. God is dwelling in you. It's going to be your choice. That now let me tell you this as we close today. The devil's going to give you a lot of opportunities not to dwell in love. He's going to give you a lot of opportunities. He knows how to push some buttons. He knows that when folks start talking the yin and the yang to you, he knows what you're going to do. He'll give you a lot of opportunities. Driving down the road and, 
and, and somebody puts a finger up as they drive by and look at you all mean, you just thank them for pointing the way to heaven. Thank you for showing me how to get to heaven. Thank you so much. I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for showing me how to get to heaven. That's what that means to me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for blessing me, brother. Thank you. And you don't know it, but you just got to the top of my prayer list right now. Because I'm praying God bless you. Because the word of God says, bless those that curse you. So that means that you want the top spot on my prayer list. You got it. Are you hearing? Choose. You have to choose. As the man of God said last week, you've got to choose to have a good attitude. He said a bad attitude is like a, like a, what, a, a flat tire. You're not going anywhere until you change it. I choose to stay in love. I choose to dwell in love. I choose to be present in love. And that is actually who you are. When you make that choice, you're actually being your true self. If you are a born-again believer, Christ lives on the inside of you. You have been changed. The old man is dead. He has he passed away. Behold, all things are, being, are, are, are become new. You were born through love, for love, and by love. God is your father. Love himself is your father. So that means that you are a child of love, capable of loving like your daddy. Hallelujah. And when you choose to love, you're being like your daddy you're being like your abba who loves you and you're becoming perfect like he is but never take love for weakness or think that love is weak it is not because it takes more strength to love than it does to hate it takes more strength to bless than it does to curse it takes more strength to give than it does to take it takes more strength to love than it does to lust. You have to be strong to love. So he that is able to love, she that is able to love, is a strong individual. Able to move mountains. Able to speak with boldness and authority. He that chooses to love. Let's go and wrap this thing up today. He says again, God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Look at verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Here it is. This is how our love is made perfect, complete or mature. How is it made perfect, complete and mature? You making the decision every day to dwell in love. You making the decision to dwell in love. Now, let me give you uh, five things, five things, five ways to remain in love. Are you still with me today? Amen. Let me give you five ways to remain in love. And some of this is going to be like running your finger down a chalkboard for some of you. But it's okay. Everybody's in a, is in a different place on their journey, so you can't judge them. You don't know where they are. You don't know where they've been through. You don't know their story. All we can do is start from where we are and move forward. Amen? 
The first one is refuse to allow your heart to be contaminated with offense. Choose to forgive, then pray for the offender. You have to choose. You say, I'm not going to allow this mess to get in my heart. I release you of your sin. I will not hold you in sin prison in my heart. I won't do it. I won't do it. Refuse it. Say with me, I refuse to contaminate my heart with unforgiveness. You have to choose that. That's not automatic. You have to choose to keep your heart clean. Secondly, release yourself of all inner vows. Release yourself of all inner vows. What do I, what do I mean by that? Somewhere down the line, you said, I'll never do this again. Somewhere down the line, you said, they'll never hurt me like this again. Somewhere down the line, you said, I will be, I will weigh this much. I will have this much money. I will live in this type of house. My life will be like this, that, and the other. Somewhere down the line, you have made all these things. You have made all these vows in your heart, and you're holding your own self to a standard that you don't even remember. You look in the mirror, and if you look in the mirror, and you look down, and you go, if you think about your life, and you go, all these are because of inner vows that you made. You have a picture of where you think your life should be, and how you think you should be, how you think you should be treated, and and how all of this stuff, and you have created these inner vows, or these inner contracts, and every time you cease to reach those, it pulls you down deeper, deeper, and deeper, and deeper, and it becomes hard for you to love other people when you can't stand yourself. When you're bitter about you, I know what I'm talking about. It's hard to love others when you're bitter about you. Bitter, angry with you. How could I do that? How could I do that? I didn't do this and, and I didn't do that. How, 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 how? And you're mad with you, angry with you. I wish I had somebody to talk to me in here. How can you love me when you can't stand you? When you're angry and hateful with your own self. Why is that true? Because you haven't fully received the love of God. The day that you see yourself the way God sees you is a day your whole life will turn around. It's a day your whole existence changes when you see you the way he sees you. Are you hearing? Release yourself of all inner vows. Release yourself. Matter of fact, just say, just say right now, Father, I release myself of all inner vows. Everything that I said Every hurtful word that I've said to myself about myself, I release myself. I forgive myself. 
I give my sins to you and I thank you that you have washed me and cleansed me and forgiven me. So because you have forgiven me, I forgive myself in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. You've got to release your self. Thirdly, and then we're going to have to get out your way. Thirdly, forgive yourself and allow yourself to make mistakes, which is another big one. If you have a perfectionist type of mentality, every time you don't make it absolutely correct, the opinion of you about you plummets downward. And that's not going to work. Give yourself space to make mistakes. You're going to make them. Somebody needs your help, help from your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, I love you. But you are not as perfect as you think you are. Now, I'm speaking of your actions to those of you that are that are super spiritual. I know that your spirit man is perfect. But your attitude is stinking. Are you hearing me? Let's go on. Verse uh, number four, continually walk in repentance toward God and your fellow man, confessing your sins and your faults. You got to walk in repentance. God, I did it. Thank you, Lord, for washing me and cleansing me of this. I confess this as a sin. I will not allow this to remain in my life and in my heart. I confess it before you. You wrong somebody, go to them. Walk in forgiveness. Walk in repentance. It's hard, but with God's help, it can be done. Are you with me? And number five, receive the love of God by faith and confess his love daily. Say with me, God loves me. I am loved. You have to receive that by faith. You understand that, right? Apart from your actions. Yes, you did that. You did that, but that is not who you are. That is simply what you did, but that's not you. There's a difference between what you did and who you are. Are you hearing? Your father looks beyond what you did, and he sees you, and he loves you. Let God love you you let God love you let him love you but you say how can I how can he do that when I've done this listen he's able to look past what you did and see you stop rejecting God's love because of what you did when God looks past what you did and he sees you Let the Father love you. Let him love you. And I'm telling you, when you do, life will begin. Life will begin. And you'll become the person that God has called you to be. 
You'll love without limits. You'll love without limits. And the impossible will become possible to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I bring before you your people, your sons and your daughters. Father, I ask that you would bless them. And Lord, I ask that you would cause them to experience your love. Let your love light shine upon them in such a way that they won't be able to ignore your great presence in their lives. Open up the doors, I ask, of love. Open up the doors of love and pour them out such a blessing, such a love that it cannot be ignored. Fill your people with your love. Fill them with your love. And I pray by your grace that they'll be able to receive your love and not look on what they've done, but look on what you've done through the ministry of Jesus. Bless your people today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 